Good evening, Nam, and happy Monday. It's me, God. And we're back for, yes, indeed, another sensational week of spinning around on Area 3000. We've got guests, we've got mixes, we've stolen all the positive energy from your shitty-ass Monday and concentrated it all in here. So if you had a bad day, that's right, it's entirely my fault. But trust me, it's about to get a lot better, and that will be entirely thanks to me. At the end of the day, I'm crazy. Thanks for tuning in for more conversations and mixes with dance music's latest and greatest. Before we begin, we acknowledge that we are broadcasting on the land of its traditional custodians, the Warrantry people. We respect their past, present, and ongoing relationship with the land for the many, many, many generations to come. If you have the time, the minutes, the money, the goal, the balls, the courage, the kahunas, the pineapple papers, the arbitrary finite measures of time within which consciousness sifts through a seemingly unlimited level of chemical vibrations to overcome fear and progresses to grasp meaninglessly valuable plastic papers between your coffee and push Then listen, here, fuckface, your hair looks nice today. Where'd you get it done? I'm thinking of getting mine dyed soon. Maybe blonde or something. I'm sure it's a phase. What were we talking about? Please make a donation to pay the rent or the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service and help the wonderful folks that provide the much needed resources for the mob today. Oh, I'm actually crazy. My first guest tonight is a Mianjin-based producer, DJ, and co-owner of Brisbane event company Southbound. He's had several original releases throughout the year that have shown his breadth of musical knowledge and knack for experimentation through genres like ambient, breakbeat, future bass, and more. His most recent single, Really Want, was featured in Area 3000's most recent Bandcamp Friday list. And let me tell you, folks, I agree it is both a thumper and a doozy. As a DJ, he, of course, is a regular at the ever-so-lovely Southbound Sessions, but he's also supported the likes of Greaves, Yusu, Reptant, Skatebard, and has been procured for mixes on eclectic red room recordings quiver dialogues foreign frequencies four triple z and more he's also got a new three track ep coming out with my good friends the warring based eclectic titled coral road coral road that is a tongue twister yeah. titled coral coral road god damn it <laughs> <laughs> which is set to be more club focused let's get the goss on what's to come with the new name in the brisbane scene tonight my guest is none other than Dan, aka Personal Growth. Hey Dan, welcome to the show. How are you going? Thanks for having me, dude. Let's uh, let's talk shop, hey, because you've got this uh, beautiful tongue twister of a EP coming out. Coral, coral, I fucking <laughs> <laughs> coral road. Yeah, um, it's coming up with eclectic. Um, now, Jack, uh, as I'm sure you know, um, is a fucking lovely dude. Yeah, absolute sweetheart. Did he did he find you through healing process, per chance? Yeah. So, like, it was really random. Like uh, he. Because I, I know that he works with gallery quite a bit. So I got featured on some like gallery lockdown playlist and I didn't see it for like two or three weeks because I was just taking a break from my phone. And yeah, then he like followed me um, and then asked me to do a mix for Eclectic. And I was just, I just had a few tracks lying around and I was like, oh, um, by the way, like I've got these if you're if you're keen to do anything with them. And he was like, immediately was like, yeah, cool. These are awesome. Nice. Like, um, we've got, we've got a few releases coming out, but like, yeah, we'll chuck you on third. And I was like, oh, they're not done at all. Like, <laughs> um, But they're never done really. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah. And then we've just sort of just been chatting back and forth, um, you know, and like, I love the stuff that he's been doing with Eclectic so far. Like all the two, like the last two releases have been awesome. I play them all the time when I get the chance if we're not in lockdown, but yeah. You were saying that Really Want is going to be uh, one of the singles off that, right? 
No, 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 no. So really want is I just self-release that. I just, Ooh. I made that in like a day. What a day. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I heard it. I heard the, the Spice Girls, re- like the Spice Girls, like vocals yeah. at work. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do something with this. And like came home and just like wrote the baseline and just, I've never written a song that fast. It was like probably like a day to get the, the general idea and like sculpt, like sculpt out the entire track. And then, yeah, the next day I kind of like just fix it up and then got the artwork done. And then, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I work either, it takes me either six months to write a song or it'll take me like, you know, two hours. It's so weird. <laughs> Do you prefer the ones that you make quicker? No, because there's a few songs on the album Healing Process that I was like, I worked on them for like, oh, like two or three months at a time and then like put them down and like it took pretty much like, it, some one of the songs didn't get finished until like the, the week before it was like uploaded onto Spotify. And like, that's still like one of my favorite songs, but it's not really, that whole album's not very club friendly, so I don't really get to play it that often. Ah, I see. Yeah, I don't know, it's hard. Cause I, like, yeah, cause I love really want, and I like, I have it in the mix. And I was like, this is the first time I'd like heard it on like a big system. And I was like, oh damn. Is, <laughs> I was like, damn, this slaps. <laughs> yeah. Go, go me, I'm the fucking yeah. best. <laughs> Self high five. <laughs> I know that feeling, I know that feeling. Actually, I don't because no um, you've got you've got some tracks i went i do i do have some tracks but but if you've ever tried to play them on big speakers you will quickly learn that they are mixed horribly and they sound really bad man same i'm sure jack would chew my ear off like with the amount of times (laughs) that we had to bounce one of the tracks back because it was like this is too loud you need to turn it down and i'm like i'm sorry i I really actually don't know what i'm doing when it comes to i don't know how to play i don't know i don't know any chord I just press like I just press keys. I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty. And then that's interesting that you don't know like any music traditionally because it's everything that you're making still sounds like uh, quite musically coherent. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, I think that's what takes me so long to write some st- like certain styles of music because I'm like, uh, if I knew how to play the chords correctly, I'd be able to like bang it out straight away. But mm. most of the time, I'm like playing the same couple of notes. I'm like, oh, I think I've written this before. <laughs> Not. Have I? No, I think so. Nah. Oh, right. fuck it. It's Re- fuck it. We'll release it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one's called Really Want. Um, yeah. <laughs> wait, so so you made um, the tracks off. You know what? I'm not going to say Coral Road. Coral. I'm going to call it Coral for now. Yeah. Um, you've, you've released, sorry, you made the tracks for Coral in June, July-ish. And so I, I know with a lot of releases that a lot of people make, uh, it can take a lot of time, but mm. do you still feel like those tracks are still relevant to who personal growth is today? Oh, absolutely. I think it's actually taking a little bit of a turn to where I kind of want to go now. Cause like the, the tracks on the EP are a lot more like fun and like clubby sort of vibe. And like, they really have like a bit of like a old, old school sort of house and trance sort of vibe. Ooh, so yeah. I was like, Oh, cool. So like, been trying to like replicate that in like you know the next couple of months of like mixes that i've got coming up and everything like that so yeah so i've just just been loving that sort of stuff but also i do love my like sad boy stuff and like writing like really emotional stuff like like shlomo and um clans casino yeah clans casino all those sort of like artists are just like oh like i could go on for days about them and like i really enjoy like how much emotion you can like get out of that sort of music Mm. 
Like, yep. it's like different to the emotion that you can get out of it from like dance music. Cause obviously there's like quite emotive like dance music tracks and stuff like that. But then you get guys like, uh, and, and I'm sure that like, I, I, I haven't heard your um, release yet. And so I don't know. Mm. Um, I would love to hear it soon though. Yeah. yeah I'll, send, I'll send it over when we get the masters. Excellent. Um, but you know who I think really sort of nails that intersection between you know being a club thumper but also like hitting the heartstrings like quite a lot mm. um swim oh i i love this man mm. and i'll yeah uh, i've been talking to hamish for like since his first release and um Him and Crushed mm. just are just phenomenal. It's like, insane people. how good they are. They really oh, nail the chords. Yeah. Oh man. Like and I, I, I like one of my mates who runs a show, uh, an event company up here called Cyber. Mm-hmm. He put Party Boy and Crushed on, and like I was speaking to Sam like a couple of months before he kind of got this thing booked, and I was like, "Man, I'm gonna book you for a show. Yes. I'm gonna book you for a show. Yes. Like I want, I want it. Like I'm just, I, you and Swim are like so good. I love your music." And he's like, oh, thanks, dude. And then my friend Jono was like, hey, I've got, I'm going to book Crush. I was like hanging out with him. Is that okay? And I was like, that's fine. As long as you put me on, yes. put me on the lineup. Yeah. I don't care. What, I don't care what slot I'm in. Like I could be opening as long as I can be like, I'm on the same bill as Crush. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. So, yeah. Going back to the sad boy music that you know and love. Mm. Why are you so sad, man? What's what's going on? What, 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 what's going on? I, I don't, I, I don't know. It's like, um. Like I went through a bit of a, a rough breakup beginning of 2020 oh, or end of yeah. 2019. Be- just when COVID was really hitting the fan around then. It, w- it was really just like when it was like we'd kind of heard about it. Yeah. And yeah. And then I don't know, like I think just through lockdown, like I had some like mental health issues, which is where the album came from. Which- uh, healing, healing process, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of like documented like – like just like hanging out with my friends throughout lockdown, you know, feelings that I was sort of having at the time. Um, and just like sort of anything that was sort of like, whether it was good or bad, I was just like, I can't just like, you know, spend this whole lockdown just like working and getting drunk by myself. Yeah. Um, I need to, I need to do something productive. Cause like, that's going to be uh, like a really bad thing for me coming out of lockdown mm, so yeah. yeah so i just put everything into this album um and then yeah i don't know like i've always loved that sort of music like slow-mo is like my biggest inspiration i think musically just mm-hmm. interestingly interestingly place sounds and like cool foley and stuff like that i can't recreate it but is it isn't um, it interesting that you, you you said just before that you can't just work and get drunk by myself. I need to do something productive. Mm. Isn't it so interesting that you can have a job and work nine to five, but still think that you're not doing something productive? Oh, I struggle with that all the time. Yeah. Like I, I, I feel like I need to constantly be working all the time. Wow. If, if I'm, yeah. yeah. Like if I'm not sitting at my computer, like planning shows for Southbound, like we've, or like, you know, if I'm not working on uni stuff, like I'm just, I'm like, ah, I gotta work on music or I've got to like, I'm gonna get some artwork done for something. Mm. I don't know what yet, but I just need to 
kind of have it like I don't know it's just if I and then I always feel like I'm not doing enough if I'm just sort of sitting around yeah I get that mm. how much of that right like like throwing yourself into making healing process and then also obviously throwing yourself into southbound and getting things organized for that as well how much of that was you trying to you know stay productive like you know work towards something build something up and how much of that was also just trying to run away from the bad feelings of the rough breakup? I don't know. I think it was like half and half. Like, I think I definitely made the music to sort of deal with that. Like burying my head in work was just like, I want to come out of COVID with a bunch of stuff ready to go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think the music was just sort of like that sort of, like I didn't expect anybody to listen to the album. And then mm-hmm. like, you know, I've had like huge, a massive response up here thousands of plays yeah it's ridiculous and like you know this is just i've just made this for myself like i didn't make this for anybody like but then now that it's out i'm kind of like oh well it is kind of nice to like you know you might be having a bad day or you might be going through something similar and you can like chuck it on and like kind of relate or put place yourself into that sort of that world that i sort of made if that was made for you right like has everything else after that been for other people or other people? No, no, I'm, I'm super selfish when it comes to making music. I make music for myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it's got to be though. Hey, because otherwise, otherwise it's just not you. It's not genuine. That's it. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, some of the stuff that I make, I'm just like, no one's going to listen to this at all. And then I like bug my, I like bug myself out. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm not going to release this. And then I release it. I'm like, oh damn, everybody actually really liked this. Oh, cool. You know, I think, an ambient release is the ultimate measure of like I'm doing this for myself because yeah you know a, a lot of the electronic scene at the moment well at the very least the loudest um, sort of subsector of it mm. is just people that are looking for club thumpers and yeah for sure if if someone comes on with an ambient album it's almost like a it's almost like a fuck you to that particular <laughs> subsect and saying like I don't care what you want I'm just doing this for <laughs> sure yeah I am. Um- like up here in, in Mianjin, it's like there's so, like we're such a tight community yeah. within the dance sort of stuff. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, I think you've got Eddie coming on soon as well. Like, Did, I feel like I feel like Quiver sort of brought a lot of Mianjin together. It's it's definitely accelerated it a lot and like brought a whole lot of new faces into the fold. Mm. Like you had Pre on a couple of weeks ago. Like you know, she only started DJing like last like last year yeah which is crazy um for people that don't know who i'm talking about that so rather who we're talking about that scaly moth like she is awesome like i cannot get over how crazy she is and just accelerated so fast yep. mm-hmm. and then yeah there's like other people like there's this um person at the moment coming up called growing pains mm-hmm. who's really cool um kind of close to personal growth don't you think yeah i know we're in the same we're in the same lineup together soon so <laughs> should have a stern word with, with them just be like hey um, you're stepping on my turf <laughs> yeah but yeah and then there's like this other girl called backstreet driver and then yeah there's just been so many like quiver was definitely like a good breeding ground for a lot of like um new faces yeah and it's great to see them sort of like flourishing now and actually not just playing quiver like every friday night or something like that when well, they, they co- want to go in they're going they're going on like club and festival lineups as well now yeah you know, with with like yonder and shit like yeah um, yeah yeah so holly the girl that runs it is an absolute gem she just i think she came she came back from europe like six months before covid hit in 2020 and then yeah pretty much like 
just yeah just opened it had like a big bit of a party it was a bit of a slow sort of like build but then like obviously lockdown happened and then like no one was playing shows and it was just like the perfect place to go mm. and be like all right cool well we're gonna do a party for six hours on stream stay at home and drink hey yeah <laughs> and like people like we, they did a i think it was mid-march they oh no sorry mid-year of that year they did like a streamathon to raise money and they just had two days 12 hours of music wow. like each day yeah and it was awesome like me and a friend got to play and yeah it was just fun everyone on like instagram was just like drinking at home with it like on projectors and like you get so many videos and just like people dancing in front of the screens it was like super sick that's nice that no that's community that's real community. yeah you know it's because we're so small up here like the community base is just really small and it's like we're all friends i've noticed that i'd probably say 90 percent of us like pretty much hang out on like a weekly basis wow like or or you like bump into somebody like all the time is that because mianjin is a small place or (laughs) it's a little bit of both but like you know that like the art sector here is like obviously nothing like it is down um like at all but i've heard i've heard from like even dj whippersnipper yeah it's it's a little bit different in mianjin because everybody wants something big to happen Mm. but it's just apparently the government is well at the very least the local government there is just like not really keen for that yeah not really hey like it's just like we don't have the clubbing like culture that you guys do down there Mm. like Mm. it's not like you can go to like i mean i don't really even i've never been to nam so i don't really know any of the clubs but like you know you can't really club hop or anything yeah right right unless unless you want to just listen to like r&b or like stuff like that there's like one place called black bear which is like a a pretty much all music venue um and we've done a a southbound we've done a few shows there and it seems to be the place where like all right this is the only like real club yeah that you you've got where you can listen to like that sort of music but like you know we don't have like a techno club it's like or like we don't have a breaks club or trance club and stuff like that it's just like you like top 40 (laughs) You like Tech House? No. <laughs> Too bad. Oh, no. That, <laughs> that's what you're getting. But, like, I mean, I think the culture is changing a little bit. Now that the players of the game are changing, you know, it, it, especially with you on the rise, with Pocket Moth on the rise as well. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the fact that X Club um, is one of Me Engine's best exports as well, mm. and the city sort of, like, starting to realize that. Um, yeah. Especially, you know, uh, with the stuff that they've done with, Qu- with Quiver too. I think it, hopefully is on a bit of an upturn mm. um so you know we'll see I, i'm sure that like you know the stuff that you do with southbound as well yeah um, tell me a little bit about that how did that all start did that start before COVID or during COVID? yeah so we started 20 we've been running for two years almost three years now um yeah we just me and three friends just were like going to like like events and stuff like that and just being like damn like would be super cool to like do our own wouldn't it and then it was like, all right, well, this can't be that hard. And it was pretty hard. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't know. It was, it was, it's been really good. And like, again, like I was saying, like the community of like people running stuff up here, like Pocket Moth, um, there's a group called BTHC, mm-hmm. uh, like Cyber and Grid. And like that Cyber and Grid, um, so it came up the same time that we did, sort of like within the same six months sort of period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, everyone was just supporting each other. Like, you know, like I was saying before, there's no clubs for dance, that kind of dance music. So it's always like it'll be in the back room of some like upstairs, like function room of some pub. Mm-hmm. Or like you might get like some like dingy little bar and you like 
they'll let you have the back room or something like that. You guys don't have like outdoor spaces or like un- unused warehouses or anything like that? There, there's a couple, but they they either get rinsed and then just like the owners are like, no, nah, you guys are you guys can't have any more parties here. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. Man. We've we've never as Southbound, we've never really dived into doing a, a warehouse party. We're a bit more like just doing we've done like a we did a park party for Ooh. our second birthday. Lovely, how was that? Yeah, it was good. We were meant to have a skate artist, but obviously Queensland's just like locked its borders. So uh, Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. But hopefully next year we'll have something with him. But yeah, so and then yeah, we just we've just like done like club nights and stuff like that and just like in small venues and stuff like that. The 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 thing that concerns me though is that um and I'm not saying that this is true across the board, generally speaking. Mm. There is a risk, I feel, where if if venues are scarce in a particular area, mm. but then you've got a lot of collectives and a lot of groups like trying to do events and, you know, get on artists and play music, all that stuff. It has the potential to bring forth like a scarcity mindset. So like because of the fact that venues are so scarce that like a lot of competition happens, people start stabbing each other in the back, they show teeth. Like nah, do you think that's nah, not at all. Hey, like it I think if anything, it's pushed us to be a bit more creative mm. on where we do parties and finding new spaces and like, you know, obviously people won't tell you when they've got a new venue because they want to be the first people to do it there. Sure. But once it happens there, it's like, all right, cool, the seal's been broken. Like, you're more than welcome to use it after it and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, it's no, nah, it's just not really that community up here, I don't think. That's nice. Like, it's like, it's really, really wholesome. And we all just sort of like, you know, we all support each other's events and stuff like that. And yeah, there's nothing, there's no bitterness or anything like that. Like, we all just want to see each other succeed, like, because it is such a small community here. And like the only way to make it bigger is to make it feel more appealing to a younger sort of demographic. Hell yeah. Um, which is what, which is what X Club do really well is that they've brought in a whole group of people that are like, I love like rave music. Mm. And they're like, then they're like, I want to go to more of this. And it's like, Oh, cool. Pocket Moth are doing something. I don't know who that is. <laughs> cool. Let's go. Yeah. It's at a warehouse. It's BYO. Cool. It's go. And then, you know. They might like be a bit of a dickhead the first like time that they get there because they don't know how to like what the proper protocols are and like you know being respectful because they might be like a nineteen year old or something like that. Sure, but, yeah, you know, I'm sure everybody was like that at some stage. I definitely like, was, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, just being belligerently drunk and you make those mistakes, but then you know you wise up if you really care about the music mm. and you want to go there and just enjoy that sort of space and have a good time. When you look at yourself having first come into the music scene like that. Uh, when you're like 18, 19. I don't know. When I look back at myself, I like cringe a lot. Oh, yeah. But no. there's so many positive experiences that come from it too. You know, like yeah. the the fact that, you know, you, you finally get to experience like the joys of big speakers, mm. really understanding electronic music as well. Because mm. like, you know, when, when we're young, I don't know about you. Oh, well, no, I, actually I do. Um, <laughs> do, do you? <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot that I've discovered about you, yes. But let's get to that in a second. Um but, you know, we're listening to hip hop. We're listening to some of the stuff that Flume made um, mm. a long time ago as well. Uh, that was really like short, sort of shorter attention span sort of music. Yeah. But then you enter a club for the first time and you're experiencing a song that has something on loop for the next, like, I don't know, four to five minutes. And you're thinking at first, oh, like, this is interesting. But then over time, I don't know about you, but over time, I sort of came to understand like, oh, I see what 
the point of this is you know yeah i did that as well but like i grew up on trance music like Ooh. like that that's how i like like old like you know like anime trance yes yeah like that sort of stuff like that was that was kind of my first introduction to like dance music yeah i don't know like i've always sort of understood that like yeah it is a bit of a like a you know it is just like putting your head down and like getting into your own zone and stuff like that and then you know i turned like like 15 16 17 and like you know got to trap music and stuff like that mm. and just wanted to throw myself around and stuff like that but now it's just like no nah, i i can't do that like uh yeah i don't know i think it definitely t- takes a while for you to like understand some some faucets of da- dance music and stuff like that can i ask you then mm. uh dreamlands oh uh, what kind of music did- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is only the beginning man. this is only the beginning you, you think we're done that's, now no no that's no we got more. That's, i fucking thought i scrubbed the internet of that um <laughs> um that was yeah that was like um yeah i just tried to make future bass like i was just like i was so in love with that sort of like style of music and like i think when i first started djing that's kind of when i got into that sort of music which was like around 16 17 Mm -hmm. and then yeah i don't know there was just like i just i guess there's elements of like personal growth that have like sort of been taken from dreamlands i guess right like that sort of that sort of like you know super euphoric and like or melancholic sort of feeling that some of the music can like replicate yeah i don't know i just have like a I love for big like grange sort of like big sense and big swelling sort of stuff so like, so then why drop dreamlands and start personal growth instead i i well, personal growth started as just making dance music so i just wanted a persona to make like house music and i wanted like that stuff to be separate mm. and then i just kind of got too like just got too much like running two sound clouds kind of yeah <laughs> or so I was like, no, nah, well, I'm not really getting any traction on this Dreamland stuff. Like I'd already started DJing with Southbound and like around and stuff like that as personal growth. And I was like, all right, we'll just sweep this under the rug. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and only, and like only my close friends will like remember it and like bring that stuff up. So. <laughs> I, I really did want to hear that um, rework that you did of Childish Gambino Sober. That would have been nice. Yo, where the, how the hell did you find that? I'm fucking Nardwa, man. I'm fucking Nardwa. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, so you just went for a deep dive on my Facebook then. Dude, I do this for everybody. I do this for everybody. Um, I also know that you supported Trump. Oh, bro. Nah, pause. <laughs> pause. <laughs> I know that you didn't support Trump. No, no, no. It was a funny meme at the time. It was a funny yeah, meme at the time. Yeah. That we we didn't know what the actual consequences of it would be. I um, when when he got like he was like, I'm running for office, I was like, he's gonna do it. <laughs> like he's gonna he's he's gonna win. No, he's gonna win. Really? You like, thought so. Oh, I mean I I wish if I could go back in time, I would put all of my money on that because yeah. I knew I knew from the minute he was like like he just when he just started spurting shit and just being like nah like I'm just gonna shit talk you in these debates like middle America we're gonna be like fuck you brother like <laughs> he speaks his mind like ah <laughs> oh, like, oh. Oh, man I kick myself every day I'm glad that he's out and he was fucking horrible mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. but oh yeah I also know um, but and this is not from a deep dive either. This is just from your personal profile that you are a fan of Jujutsu Kaisen. A yeah, very very good anime that's come out recently. Big big fan. Yeah, hell I, um, yeah. Yeah, I um, binged the first season. Um, 
think it was like last lockdown. Yep. And yeah, and then I was like, cool, I'm going to read the manga. This is sick. Yes. And just, and just bolted through it. I'm a little bit behind at the moment, but um, I know roughly kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, I'm just waiting for season two to get animated because boy, the Shibuya arc, ooh, <laughs> spicy. The animation studio, MAPA, just killed it yeah. absolutely oh, murdered they, they had no reason to go that hard like <laughs> they had they had absolutely no reason to go that hard have you always been a fan of anime yeah so i um got into like like watching anime through obviously like dragon ball z um i think i was what i think like adult swim and stuff like that oh yeah uh, like tsunami and stuff like that so like gundam Trigon. did they throw neon genesis on i think they did cowboy bebop I think. cowboy bebop was definitely one yeah but yeah, I only just finished watching um, Neon Genesis the other day. It's so depressing. It's so, it's, it's oh, so depressing. I was, I was like, I'd heard a lot of stuff. My friend from uni was like, yeah, I just, I just watched it again. I was not ready. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah all right, like I'll give it a crack. I've watched the first two episodes. It can't be that bad. Like it's big mech things and it just gets real deep real quick. I'm like, oh. Okay. You know what it reminded me of? Have you ever watched that movie Akira? Yeah, yeah. Just that level of like not only mindfuckery, but also like just a deep dive into what it means to be depressed. Like it is yeah. so, so heavy. And then they just keep like redoing it, like with all the new, like the movies and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, that's this right. is like the definitive ending. ending. I'm like, oh, t- the ending was like bad enough. Like, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, I don't want, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> I want to do this no more. <laughs> I remember uh, when. When we had first come into contact with each other, I'd seen that you were doing stuff, but I was, unfortunately, my head was stuck up my own ass at that time. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I was trying to sort out like a hundred different things at this, at that time. Yeah. So I wasn't able to talk a lot, but I'm finally glad we've been able to have this um, conversation. Yeah. Because I, I, I honestly wish I'd done it sooner because you seem like someone that if I was, if we were in the same city, we'd be hanging out all the fucking oh, time. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I'm gonna try. I'm trying to come down to Nam like soon, like or to live. Uh potentially. Oh. Yeah. So I finish up. I finish up uni, uh, 2023, and I'm gonna try and get an internship somewhere down there. What are you doing? If you don't mind me asking. Entertainment business management. So yeah. So welcome to the game, brother. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I'm like, unfortunately, like as much as I love Brisbane, I feel. Like there is some sort of cap on it. There's not much for you there. Yeah. yeah. And like, I mean, I've spoken to a few people within the scene and like a few people just sort of here and there and stuff like that. And they're like, I think it's the best move for you. If you want, if you want to pursue this as a career, like Sydney or Melbourne is definitely like the spot to go. Yeah. Um, I think Sydney's got all the major labels if you wanted to try that. But what what were you thinking? Like working for an agency or? Potentially. Yeah. I'd love to do some work with like Untitled. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like novel and stuff like that. Like we've had just through booking artists and stuff like that. They've really been cool. Like Monty seems like a really nice guy just through interview, like through um, emails and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like Cam Webby, who I think works for proximity and stuff like that. He's the ex club managers boy, uh, the ex club boys manager. Yeah. Met him a few, I met him at the show up here and he was like super nice as well. So it just seems like a, cool community to get involved with and just i just want to be a part of some fun shit yeah like that'd be nice re- realist and just like prop up like the people that i can along the way well then let's talk a little bit more shop because i think this is interesting to talk about with people that like actually have a massive uh, mental investment in like this industry i had an interesting conversation with um jack um aka head chef mm. recently on the show where he said that cultural development 
in terms of like music hasn't really made the same leaps and bounds as it has back in like the 80s 70s 90s at the moment what he reckons is that we seem to be rehashing a lot of old classic sounds mm. and modernizing them in these contexts but aren't necessarily you know innovating in the same way that we could have in the last like 10 years or so like yeah what do you reckon about i think looking at it from like a broad scale of like electronic music um there's definitely been yeah obviously within the like the subgenre of like dance music and stuff like that (coughs) there's probably been like you know a bit of a rinse and repeat sort of thing like you know you see like this hard fast techno and like hard trance is like coming back a little bit Mm -hmm. which is cool i guess but like you know if you go to like other faucets of like electronic music, like you look at hyperpop and stuff like that. True, yeah. That is like a kind of, and like people like Sophie, a, uh, Ag Cook, uh, Nina Jirachi these days. Yeah, well, she's like- awesome as well, Nina Jirachi. Yeah, I think just within the people have just only focused on like certain elements of it. Like hyperpop is a complete deconstruction of what it means to be a pop star, right? Um, and what pop music should sound like. It's like almost like the sort of like if you inverted the colors of it. I think it's interesting as like for like you look at people like Ag Cook who looked at that stuff and same with Sophie and it's like and deconstruct pop like and you know people didn't know who Sophie was for like a few years yeah yeah and then when she like burst onto the scene people were like oh, I was not expecting that person yeah. to be Sophie and it's like they also had uh, I'm, my, their name escapes me but him her and Ag Cook had. A project that was completely virtual reality so oh. it was just like a completely a completely 3d fabricated person that had like oh cutie her name was right yeah so she, so she had like one song i think she performed at south by southwest and they got an actress to play the character no shit and she got up and she put her usb in she played the one song she danced around and then she got off because that's all it was because that's that's the deconstruction of the pop music that they were trying to do it was like it doesn't have to be a, it doesn't have to be a person yeah it just needs to be a face to the music Well, J- J-pop kind of had a little bit of that um, with, uh, uh, is it Hatsune Miku? Mm. Um, what's her mm. name? Mm. Um, yeah, Hatsune Miku. She, she, she was like a 3D model as well. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. She's, a, she's a program. Right. Um, she's a, Yeah, so it's a, a vocoder program that they use and it's like you just speak, you like play notes and it plays, it speaks. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's like randomly making words to like make lyrics. Pretty much, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. So you like, you sort of like input the what it's going to say and it's like it'll and then you play the chords i think mm-hmm. if i remember that's correctly yeah and then yeah that sort of like sings it and it's all auto-tuned and everything like that and then yeah people just throw beats underneath it and stuff like that i think porter robinson used it quite a bit for one of his albums <laughs> Do you think that the big four labels, oh, sorry, the big three labels, Universal, Sony, Warner Brothers, yeah. do you think they'll still have that oligopoly over this market? Do you, Or do you think that something's going to change um, over time? I think TikTok is changing the way that artists are able to 
work out a fan base and like find their niche before a label does. Here's the scary thing. A lot of these uh, big three labels have already caught on to this fact and are trying to make sure that they dominate this market by pulling out the biggest TikTok stars who yeah. are literally fucking kids. Like they're, 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 they're like 16, 17 or whatever. They don't know what the fuck is going on with their lives. But mm. like they pull these kids and they say, we're going to make you a star. And then yeah. they go ahead and like put them into, you know, 10 year slave 360 contracts. Mm. That to me gives me a little less hope that we will ever get out of this big three oligopoly. I just, I also think the whole DIY stuff is becoming a lot more desirable from like, you know, a listener standpoint. You like, you look at people like Chance the Rapper, uh, what is it? Brockhampton. Mm. Like, I think that whole idea of like, it's DIY, we're doing it ourselves. Like, there's no label controlling us. They will try and throw as much money at that sort of stuff. And then, you know, other people just start their own labels. Like, you know, you look at people within even our sphere of music, true, dance music, true. like, you know, there seems to be like a new record label popping up every day. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. Which is which which is great. Like, yeah. you know, if you've got to, if you're if you're in it for making really cool stuff and putting up r- really cool artists, like, cool, that's great. But like, you know, I don't think think there's a lot more care in those small labels and like i think some artists will be more likely to go to those uh, like labels versus going to a bigger label i guess do you think that in the next like couple of years maybe two to five years or whatever do you think that there will be a few left standing or do you think that particular smaller labels are going to start joining forces and start to create bigger groups Potentially. I definitely think that that's definitely a potential. Because that'd be cool. I'd like that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think anybody like creating like a big collective of being like, okay, we do art really well. Mm. You guys do. You guys understand like, you know, the the rollout really well um, and that sort of stuff. I think that would be really cool. But yeah, I'm not too sure. Like, I mean, I want to start a record label. That Like that's my whole goal. Oh. Yeah. To sort of have that up and running sort of like within the next sort of year or so. Like kind of what Eclectic does? Or- yeah. So actually Jack and I were having a really good talk about this the other night where it's like, I want my label to be focused on really good music, but then also not all the focus is on the musician. It's also on the graphic designer mm. and the person that works with, the artist to make this whole package that just is cohesive and feels like one big thing. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, I'll use Flume's Hi, This Is Flume mixtape as an example. Like that song, uh, that album came out with a 45 minute video that every section of the visuals fit every single song really like perfectly yeah. in my mind at least. Yeah. Like I, when I watched that, I was like, damn, that's how I would sort of visualize that track to sort of look and feel and like have this sort of texture and like, you know, be or be like real trippy and stuff like that when the camera is moving around. So I want to, my ultimate goal is to be able to create something like that for every single release that I put out. Mm. Um, obviously that costs thousands and thousands of dollars, <laughs> but um, so we'll start small. So it's just like putting a big focus on that and also paying the visual artist. Yeah. Actually paying them properly. And, yeah. And making sure that, you know, they're put on the same pedestal as the artist. Mm-hmm. Like, because, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that's something kind of missing, but not a hundred. Yeah, I don't know. But you know what's really incredible about Jack? Even though he has this, like, overarching goal of making everybody the star of the project. Mm. 
he's still able to make every person feel like their own star. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, it's an incredible charm. He, he has been, I, I've been an absolute dickhead through this entire time, <laughs> like working with him. And he has been so patient with me. It is like, like if he is this Jack, I love you. Thank you so much for putting me on. Hell yeah. Like, but yeah, I was like, I was an absolute shitty be like, Hey man, how are those demos coming along? And I'm like, Ah, uh, yeah, I haven't, haven't looked at them in a couple of weeks. Sorry, dude, I'll get back to you. <laughs> and then just, like, fully forget about them and, yeah. But, you know, th- that's that's going to be the nature of the game for um, for you as well if you're going to get into this. Like, yeah. I love our scene. I love, you know, the creativity that everybody has in this scene. Mm. But I'll be the first to say, and, and I'm also one of these people, but I'll be the first to say, a lot of us are just fucking useless a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, we're like you know as creative as we are that comes at a cost and usually we're we we are allergic to deadlines we aren't necessarily as productive as we you know would like to imagine ourselves to be mm. um and a lot of us are really flaky as well um but it's guys like jack and i'm sure that you're going to be like this as well from just at the very least from this conversation that we're having um because also you know what it's like to be in that sh- in those shoes yeah you have to be like jack is like so fucking patient you know yeah you have to have an eternity's worth of patience if you want to actually like do business in music because n- none of the people that you work with are set to the same stringent set standards as people are when they you know don a suit and go into a fucking nine to five corporate job you know yeah that's um, it. there's no one breathing down their back saying if you don't do this you won't get paid you know yeah for for us you know, artists in that way, I suppose, have a lot of power. Yeah. We can control the workflow of exactly how it sort of gets produced, you know? Yeah. I, um, when I was, when I first left school, I did graphic design for a little bit. And one of my teachers said this like really interesting thing one time when we were working on a project and he was like, cause we were all like, oh, we're not going to meet the deadline. And he's like, you need to develop this skill of making it finished, not perfect. And that's like obviously like with art and stuff like that, it's a bit, I guess you can't really apply it to that sort of stuff. But I have sort of applied it to certain things where if I've set myself a deadline and it's like, okay, well, I need to get it to the point that I am like, it's finished. Obviously, you know, as a musician and like as a producer and stuff like that, there is always going to be stuff that you could be constantly changing. But if you keep doing that, you'll eventually just like, never have a project out and like you know i've seen so many of my friends that i grew up with that used to make music that's like oh no i've got to i've got to get this baseline to like just right and it's like dude you're sitting here and i've released like six songs and you know have like like over like two thousand plays at the moment and you know your music is ready to go like it sounds so much better than the crap that i'm putting out (laughs) like like you put it out and he'd just be like, oh, no, nah, man, no, no, no. I just, I got to do this. I got to do this. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So I stopped pushing him because I'm yeah. like, right, well, you're not going to do it. Like, you're not going to set yourself the deadline. So whatever. Dan, I have been having a fantastic chat with you. And what I would like to do just to really wrap this up is to go into one of my favorite sections. Let's get real. Dan, I'm going to ask you a series of very invasive questions in which I will try to go to the core of your being so that I may understand who you are, where you've come from, and where you may be going. Does that sound good to you? Let's do it. Excellent. Excellent. Dan, first question for you. What's a quirk of yours that few people know about? I used to be able to do this weird thing with my arm where, like, 
I kind of broke my arm so many times in the same place. <laughs> what? I was, yeah. Why? I, oh, oh, I like fell out of a tree and then like I fell, like I got hit by a car, I think. Oh. Yeah, I got hit by a car and then like didn't the car didn't quite hit me, but like I kind of still fell over and like broke my arm. Fuck. And then, yeah, and then I fell off a playground when I was like four or five living in Newcastle. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I used to be able to do this thing where I'd like be able to put it like put it like that and then like have my arm like be fake my like my elbow be facing up. Oh. And then but also have my wrist facing up as well. Oh so, yo. It, yeah. Holy it was, shit. I, I can't I can't do it anymore. Like I, I don't know. It was weird. It had this like weird bend in it. It was Whoa. so strange. Whoa. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. I mean, is it is it like weak? Can you like do stuff with it still? Or yeah, oh no, I've got full movement and stuff like that. But like for a couple of years, I could just do this weird party trick where it would just be, it was so creepy as well. <laughs> it was so, it was so weird. Like I I'd, I'd do it in my mirror and be like, that's fucked. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, which bit did you break? Is it? Uh, so it was like always along here. Oh, just just like so, where that elbow yeah. meets. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Yeah, is that the only broken bone that you've had? Um, I've also broken my wrist, funnily enough, in the same place three times. Do you fight? Is that is that why? Or (laughs) no, I'm just incredibly clumsy. I broke. (laughs) I this first time I broke my wrist skateboarding. It's like skateboard skate park near where I used to go to school. Yep. My parents dropped me off there on the weekend, and I as soon as I got there, I'd put the deck on the ground, and I was about to go down the first ramp and just oh, and like 30 seconds no. like into into being there and just running back to my parents being like <laughs> <laughs> and like we're keep in mind we're like probably you know 20 minutes away from like the nearest hospital so i'm just sitting in the back being like ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit um and then yeah the second time i broke it in rugby training my principal who was our coach at the time tackled me like (laughs) broke me broke my arm and i was like like at this point at this point in time i'm like i know what a broken bone feels like and like so i'm not even in pain like i'm not even like like screaming or anything like that i'm like this has just fucking happened again (laughs) and so i'm like lying on the ground after he's like tackled me and i've like gotten up like oh that was that was a bit awkward Um, i was like oh i was like oh yeah no that's definitely broken i'm like yeah so i um need to go like i think i broke i've just broken my wrist and he's like no 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 you're right you're all good and i'm like no 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 i was like i definitely know i was like anyway like i'm not going to be playing tomorrow like on, on saturday so like see ya and then just like took myself into the the um sick bay and was like yeah i think my wrist is broken can you call my mom um, oh my god yeah and then she like came she's like oh my god are you okay i'm like yeah i'm in a lot of pain but like we just need to go to the hospital <laughs> and then we went to like this like public hospital and they had to wait for like 20 minutes and then they set my arm wrong and then they had to break it again yeah. oh 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 yeah <laughs> yeah 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 because oh, we, we, it was like the only it was like a public hospital and then my parents were like, like when we got it off yeah. they were like um i was like oh i still having a bit of problems with it and then went back to this private hospital and the guy was like yeah no they've like fully like cooked this hey. oh really yeah oh. i was like oh shit yeah, so then, yeah, then, then they broke it again and I put a cast on for another six weeks and I was like, sick. But surely the, the principal broke your arm and so surely the school would have, like, paid for this. Like, that that's a no, huge- he, No, he, he didn't mention it. 
at all. He never mentioned it again. That bastard. That yeah. I went. Bastard. I went to all. I went to all the games. Like uh, like on when I still had a broken arm and like you know never said anything. I was like, oh god, you're a prick. Yeah. Because <laughs> he knew how much trouble he'd get. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the third time? What happened there? Uh, yeah, the third time was having, yeah, the re-break. Oh, my yeah. fucking God. That's so yeah, shit. But touch wood, haven't fucking broken anything since, so. Well, everything comes in threes, right? They're all the best. <laughs> that's things. it. Yeah, that's it. And next thing, it'll be uh, breaking your leg three times. Who knows? Oh, no, don't <laughs> even say that, man. Don't even say that. I can't. I do not <laughs> want to break my leg. That's like the only thing that I'm like, I'll break any other bone. But like my leg, I've just seen way too many like compound fractures. Mm. And like that's all like people's legs when they like turn into like an L or something like that. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, oh no. God. Fuck that. That's nasty. That's nasty. Yeah. The one that I'm most scared of is breaking a rib so i'm scared of that because i hear i hear that it can puncture your lung sometimes i think i've cracked my ribs i've never like got it i never got it checked out yeah but like like there was a time i fell off something and landed on my chest and i was like oh and then like just it was just so sore for like a couple of days and i was like i think it's cracked yeah. and i was like my mom's like dude you can't do anything about it yeah. gonna, what, are they gonna, what are they gonna do put a cast around your chest or something like that <laughs> Ooh, you got a crack <laughs> rib, hey? Yeah, Let me just walk Just full on like um, the, the yeah. sumo wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shit. Well, I'm glad that uh, you haven't broken any, you know, since. Hopefully, touch yeah. wood, touch all the wood. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on to the next question. What is the one thing you're tired of telling or explaining to people? That I'm dyslexic. Having to having to explain to people that like I'm not mentally incapable of doing stuff and that I can read and it, and before before that once like before I got diagnosed um, being dyslexic it was yep. telling people that I was from Ch- Taiwan and then them being like oh but you're you're not Asian and your parents aren't Asian and it's like you know you can be born in other countries right like and then people would just be like oh true. <laughs> It's well, like, I mean, that's uh, that's cool that you're from Taiwan, though. Yeah. Do you have, like, a emotional attachment to Taiwan at all? I mean, you were only there for two years, so I assume that. No, no, I was, there for, I was there for five years. Five years? Oh, shit. Yeah, so I grew, you fully, uh, yeah. Like, grew up there. Yeah, yeah so I um, I moved around quite a bit when I was a kid. So I was obviously born in Taiwan, um, lived there for five years. We moved. My parents are from Perth originally. Mm-hmm. Um, so we moved back to Perth for a year. Um, and then I moved to Newcastle, was there for, like, three or four years, I think. Oh, no, no, six years we were in Newcastle and then we moved up to Brisbane um, and I was there for, like, I've been here for, since then. And then like, there was a time where we spent a little bit of time living in Detroit, but, like, I Detroit? Was, what the fuck? Yeah, it, it was, like, it was kind of, like, a, a holiday, but, like, a little bit more, a, a bit more of an extended holiday because Dad was working over there at the time, so. Was it difficult um, making friends while you were growing up because you were moving everywhere so much? So from like Perth and like Taiwan, I didn't like I had friends like obviously through like preschool and like kindy and stuff like that. But like, you know, I, I didn't really remember a whole lot what was going on there. It wasn't until like we lived in Newcastle where I was like, uh, this gen, my parents were like, I oh, were moving. I was like, this sucks. Like, I don't, I was like, I, cause I'd already like, you know, grown up with it, some of these kids for like a couple of years. And I was uh, like, we lived in a really cool place and everyone, all the kids in the neighborhood kind of like would hang out after school. Um, and like play tag and stuff like that and just you know, generally just be like pests and stuff like that. <laughs> um, 
So that was like really hard, but like now, like it's a thing in the past. Like, yeah, yeah got a good bunch of friends up here in, in the engine. Do Do you think that's changed the way that you interact with people at all? I mean, it sounds like you you were fine. I mean, except for that one time. But there are some people who, um, when they move around a lot as a kid, they become quite adaptable. Um, to making friends quite quickly, you mm. know, when they move to a new place, et cetera. Do you think that's the case for you? I'm pretty shy when I first sort of meet somebody. I don't know if you probably like pick that up. Like I'm a oh, little slightly. bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, yeah. But like once I get into a conversation with somebody, it's usually pretty fine. But I just, I always get in my head like, oh, I'm like being awkward. Like, I don't know. Or I don't know what to say or like, yeah, uh, yeah. like, and, but then once I sort of like, you know, once I kind of realize, like, oh, this person is chill as well like uh, like they're making they made me feel comfortable like they're not being weird or anything like that so i'm like all right cool and then my, like my intro was super weird but yeah that was that was crazy <laughs> <laughs> um do you suffer from anxiety at all yeah so i've um yeah i had like a bit of a scare with some stuff and yeah just it's something that i've always sort of thought that i had but like never really addressed it and mm. then it wasn't until this most recent time I was like, oh, okay. Like I, that was like not chill. Um, I need to address this. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm like seeing somebody at the moment, which has been really good for me, my mental health sort of stuff. Lovely. Um, Lovely. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've always been like a big advocate for like, you know, talk to your friends, like, like, especially with like all my guy friends and stuff like that. I might normalize like talking about your feelings and Mm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think this has sort of helped a lot of my friends who I didn't think about in that way that I could have these conversations with has like really opened my eyes and been like, no, they like they're going through the same shit that I'm going through. Mm. And like, well, they, they, ha- they have their bad days as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. So now, and that's made our friendships a lot stronger because like, you know, we're always checking up on each other and everything like that, which is. It's quite liberating when you yeah. realize that like you can just talk to your friends about this sort of shit. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I, I used to talk to a lot of my friends about this, like, just like, you know, feelings of like a little bit of like despair and like anxiety and like, mm. you know, some like really negative sort of thoughts. But then after this sort of thing happened, I was like, okay, I can't just like, pump and dump on my friends this stuff like i need to like there's uh, there's actually something underlying here that's needs to be addressed for me to go forward and be a better person true um that's personal growth baby yeah that's it like it's all in the night it's all in the night <laughs> I, you don't know how many times i've made that joke over the last couple of weeks like <laughs> Well, look, I mean, it's a good name. Yeah. I, I, I personally really enjoy it. It's one of the more unique names um, that are on the scene and unique mm. is good. Yeah. Comes to names. My favorite one is Yokes. Oh, oh I love that. Yes. I, I love that. Yeah. Name. I'm like, yeah. And yeah, she's awesome. Elle, if you're listening, um, yeah. if you're listening, which I hope you are, the, the obsession with eggs with her has been a lifelong torment and blessing. <laughs> so, if you want to check out her interview to find out the like, origin story of where that all came from is yeah. actually hilarious it is the funniest thing i've ever heard let's hit one last question before we go into your stunning mix that you've made for us here tonight thank you so so much for doing so i really do appreciate it no thanks for having me dude. so let's go into the last question hey let's say that you're on death row mm-hmm. and you have your death row meal mm-hmm. coming up and you can pick whatever the fuck you want to eat that's the last thing you're ever going to eat in your entire life mm-hmm. what do you pick miso ramen wow you love ramen yeah 
And then a oh, shit ton of chili oil. Oh. Like, like super, super, super spicy. Yeah. Uh, You're a spice yeah. man. Excellent. Yeah. Can't handle my stomach can't necessarily handle it all the time, but <laughs> I don't listen. <laughs> that's like that's like people with um dairy intolerances. They're lactose intolerance. Yeah, no one takes that shit seriously. As soon as ice cream comes up, they're like, oh, fine. yeah, no, fine. We're not. I think I've I think I've discovered like I've been officially di- diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure that like I'm lactose intolerant because oh. like I'll have, and I'll like I'll have like an ice break at work or something like that. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh dear. I'm <laughs> Any- <fucked>. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I don't know what I'm doing after my break, going straight to the bathroom. <laughs> What's the last song you're listening to before you finish it all? Oh, okay. Um, it's either going to be I'm a God by Clams Casino. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the End by Shlomo mm-hmm. or Something Safe by Corbin. Oh. Yes. Lived alone for such a long time. There's not a soul for my Super sick. He just released a new album recently, and like, I he's like one of my all time time favorite singers. If I could ever collab with anybody to get a vocalist then that would be the guy hey look life life is short I reckon you could do it um, yeah I'm hoping you so um, yeah. reach out to him send him a fucking DM just say hey I'm personal growth you're Corbin let's do something yeah. <laughs> let's do something baby <laughs> yeah excellent well look Dan I appreciate you taking the time to come and chat with me and your very busy schedule I do appreciate it oh, I know that you're such a genuine person uh, when it comes to um, this sort of stuff. Like I can, I can easily tell that from this conversation that we just had. Um, the music that you make is also, in and of itself, quite a reflection of your genuineness as well. Um, and that's something that I really appreciate too. It takes a certain level of selfishness <laughs> to to come out with uh, a full ambient release like that, and I think that's amazing. But also, you know, just to even counter that, I think. Um, this new club ready release that you've got Coral Road coming out with Eclectic uh, next week very soon I'm looking forward to it I'm very much looking no, forward to it thanks man yeah no it should be should be a good fun next couple of months I reckon I think 2022 is going to be a good good year I think hell yeah for a lot of people I think for a lot of people you're going to come on the uh, 2022 spinning around alumni compilation oh absolutely I would I saw that like, when that dropped and I was like, oh, damn, that is so hot. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like I'm so – Sam Alfred is like one of my favorite artists at the moment. Yes. Um, yeah, he – and like I saw him on there and I was like, oh, damn, that's sick. And then I saw you had DJ Whippersnipper mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yo, I haven't seen this guy in ages. Mm-hmm. And then he's like only down the road in the rang. I was like <laughs> – he's like playing shows and I was like, what the fuck? Like I <laughs> – Okay, cool. No worries then. Like, I'm g- gonna make an effort to drive down to one of his shows. Yes, so, yes. but yeah, and then yeah, you got Yokes, and I've been going through some of the stuff, the other artists that you've got on mm-hmm. there as well. So I'm super keen to keep d- diving on the music, and I'm keen to hear the release. Mate, I'm more keen to have you on the next one, please, <laughs> please. Let's just get through the first one, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true we'll do that we'll do that thank you so much again i hope you've had fun on this interview no thank you so much for having me i really really love area 3000 like i was lucky enough to play one of the first sort of sets when you guys sort of started out yes um which was an absolute trip me and a friend naomi girls and hats played it like we're the first people in in men uh, men didn't say get a show here. i remember and those that, i remember those yep. yeah so and now it's like this is awesome to be a part of this i've been listening to the mixes as they come up on 
online. So it's been it's great to have, be a part of the show. Trust me, you're going to be a consistent part of the history. So don't even sweat it. Hell yeah. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in once again to the show. Please, 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 please stay locked in until 7 p.m. as we have a very, very special treat, something that you have not been expecting at all. We actually have... A beautiful, beautiful uh, piano set uh, from a visual artist known as Mark Chu, uh, based in Nam. And folks, please, you don't want to miss this. This has been one of the most um, beautiful conversations that I've had with any artist um, on the show as well. That's coming up at 7 p.m., so stay tuned in. But now we are going to go into Personal Growth's fantastic mix. You've been listening to Spinning Around with Haile Minogue on Area 3000, playing Personal Growth right now. Dope.